I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Every bad day for propaganda is a good day for truth. It's high noon for Wednesday, June 16th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also occasionally find me on Gab at I'm Your Moderator, and the merch site is www.cancelcotour.com. Today is the 147th day of Barack Obama's third term, as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You thought that masking your total lack of information about anything relevant with humor you saw on television and then repeated would work indefinitely. But that little trick stopped working a long time ago and you guys haven't realized it yet. Isn't it strange? Isn't it a strange feeling, commies, to be trying to make people look like fools and trying to mock and ridicule them when they're smarter than you and no more? Don't you understand that feeling is the one you have right before you say, oh, I don't really want to talk about this. Or this is too crazy. We should just move on. There's no reason to discuss this. Or you just get mad and you walk away and then you spend the rest of your life whenever those people's names come up saying how crazy and ignorant and stupid they are. What about when you say they're on the wrong side of history? Your high-minded, self-righteous self must surely know about history to be able to say something like that, right? And you must have some ability to see where this highly complex situation is going to be able to say something like that, right? I mean, you wouldn't just be saying something like that because you assume that your side is smart and self-righteous, even though you personally don't have any way to justify that claim. That couldn't be what's happening, is it? Oh yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Understand what that feeling is, Kami. That feeling is your whole existence crumbling around you. And everybody is watching you do it. You're out there thinking that you're exposing racism or violent extremism or homophobia or any of the other things you have made up to describe the American population that doesn't look and sound and think and spend exactly like you do. But it's not working. 
okay? We are well over 50% on our side. So what does that leave you with, Kami? This is why your illegitimate leaders have spent so much time censoring everyone and making sure that people can't actually meet in public. Because if they could, all of you would get out into the real world and realize that no one agrees with you. People think you're stupid because you are stupid. I know, I know. When you go somewhere and you see all your little fellow commies in masks, you think, oh, everyone thinks like me. No. Most people just didn't want to deal with you as they got groceries. They don't agree with you. They hate you because you are an authoritarian piece of commie scum. And no one wants to take orders from you anymore, Kami. But that said, a warm Wednesday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, commies. Welcome to the show. We're all glad you're here. Doesn't really matter how you got here. I can't assume it was self-motivated. But whoever put you on to this podcast... One day you will thank them. Until then, at least for, you know, the next one hour or two hours or maybe five hours that you listen to this show, you're probably going to be a little upset because I'm going to mock and ridicule your stupid ideas the same way you all try to mock and ridicule people with smart ideas. And I'm sorry if it doesn't feel good. But this is where we're at. There's really no choice here. You have to be told and shown what you're doing. And then you have to feel and understand just how repulsive what you're doing is. And I can't sugarcoat it for you. I can't just lay out data because you don't care about actual evidence. If you did... You would have looked at the evidence of election fraud and now you would be fighting that election fraud alongside all of us. So, hey, it is what it is. There's no way to nicely say, hey, the things you think aren't just wrong. They're retarded and you got them from the TV. So stop pretending other people have to respect that viewpoint. We don't. Viewpoint respect is earned by the ability to back up your viewpoint. And since none of you can do that at all, you get no respect. So the thing is, just immigrate back to America. We will all welcome you so long as you have left behind all of this communist nonsense that you believe, like that Black Lives Matter protests were very peaceful and that George Floyd was murdered when he died from fentanyl. And the only thing that found him guilty in that courtroom was an autopsy 
that was altered because of coercion. Sorry. Or the idea that what happened at the Capitol on January 6th was a very violent insurrection. You're just going to have to let it go. You're going to have to let go of the idea that masks work and lockdowns worked. And Anthony Fauci is a real scientist who has your best interests at heart. And then the vaccine is necessary for a disease that kills one or two out of every thousand people, all of whom are over 70 years old with multiple comorbidities. You got to leave it all behind. If you're going to immigrate back to America, sorry, that's it. Now, let's get into it. This morning on The War Room, Steve Bannon had Mike Lindell on, and they played about seven minutes of a handheld video that was recorded while The Daily Show was taping an interview with Mike Lindell this weekend at Mike Lindell's big rally. And since I'm going to play the audio, you're not going to see the video, obviously. But Mike Lindell explained on The War Room that he was prepared to do the interview inside the event where 18,000 people were gathered. But The Daily Show thought it would be too noisy in there. So they took him outside the event to a grass field that was being used as the parking and staging area for the event. And they filmed the interview in front of a couple of porta potties. So right there, the daily show is already trying to propagandize their audience. They're trying to make it seem to the audience like this is just some rinky dink little event where they just have a couple of porta potties. No one is really there. We're just out here talking in the grass. And of course, they attempted to make Mike Lindell seem and sound like a clown. So I'm going to play a minute or so. I'm just going to let it go so you can get a sense of it. And then we'll discuss. Oh, Britain's fantastic stuff. That's the, that's the stuff that... Honestly, though, Do you there guys are, are people disgusting. being threatened because they continuously hear that this yeah. was a fraudulent election. And all of the evidence is shot down. People like the Republican Secretary of State is afraid for his life. The, the, he, he, are you talking about Brad Rassenberger? Yes. Brad Rassenberger and Brian Kemp were in on this. Are you kidding? They're as compromised as they come. They, are you kidding me? Doug Ducey, these guys, you guys Who compromised them? Why are they compromised? Yeah, why, why, why are these Republicans compromised? I don't know. Ask them. I'm Ask asking Brian you Kemp because you, you apparently are the one that... No, you need to understand. <laughs> that's a deviation. Why wouldn't you guys, when I was kicked out... Do you either I want had... to be the guy everybody comes to or not the guy everybody comes to? Because you have answers for being... Being the guy why, that the why, are they, why were they to, compromised? No I don't know. Brian Kemp bought 170 mil, or 107 million dollars worth of Dominion machine in 2019. Why did Brian Kemp? Why it's have happening been inside a, the party? What? It's happening inside the party. It could be any party. Okay. Party, party. Are you kidding me? You got those two governors, Brian Kemp and Doug Ducey. Both of them have been the biggest obstructionist to look. Why would they say, hey, let's look at the machine. Let's look at it back then. Why didn't anybody say, let's look and let's do an audit and get it behind us? Well, why is it benefiting them? No, why Why didn't they do that back then? 
Okay, so I think that that's enough to get a sense of what that interview was like. The, I don't know, what do you call him? A reporter from The Daily Show was completely overrun. He had absolutely no way to respond to Mike Lindell. All right. And I know that because of the way Lindell talks, that some people will tune it out. All right. If you're with us, don't be that person. Okay. Again, I don't want to get into a long thing about the party of false decorum, but party, part of the party of false decorum is this emphasis on manners. Okay. This emphasis on conformity with how you talk. That is such a big thing for them. That is one of the reasons why they hate Trump and they can't hear the things that Trump is saying is because they are conditioned to a certain style of speech that they believe indicates intelligence and authority, whereas another kind of speech indicates stupidity and lack of authority. And so they just chalk Mike Lindell up to that. And then they'll go so far as to say Mike Lindell is being rude to the Daily Show reporter by speaking over him, even though the Daily Show reporter is trying to speak over Lindell and manipulate the conversation to make Lindell look like a fool. And I don't even think they would deny that. So is it possible in that circumstance to be the rude one? I would argue that unless you start getting down to someone's, I don't know, looks or family or some sort of irrelevant characteristics that have nothing to do with the conversation, then no, it's not possible for Lindell to be the rude one in a situation set up by a group with the full intention of being rude to Mike Lindell to make him look like a fool after they edit their video. So the first thing 
is that this is really important for everybody to get out there, okay? Because it's my understanding that The Daily Show is airing their chopped up version of this tonight. And I would imagine that they're going to take out any good points Lindell makes and their sound is going to be balanced in a different way where they are catching everything their reporter is saying, like all these little quips that aren't funny at all when you're just hearing two people talk, but on their own, separated out and in full clarity, they're probably going to come across as the Daily Show correspondent nailing Lindell. And you can hear from the full clip and you can see in the video that that's absolutely not what's happening. Okay. And so they bring up things like, well, Brad Raffensperger even said it was okay. He's a Republican. Imagine how dumb these people are to think that all Republicans think the same way. And that all Republicans must necessarily be on Donald Trump's side. And none of them are against him. Well, they can't be against him. They're Republican. You morons. We don't like rhino Republicans. All right. The test of Republicans is whether or not they are committed to the Constitution. To liberty of the average American citizen. And to the truth. And Brad Raffensperger is not committed to any of those things. Brad Raffensperger is not on our team. You don't get to score points by saying even Brad Raffensperger agrees. Even Brian Kemp agrees. Even Doug Ducey agrees. Just because these comedic actors that The Daily Show has hired have found their way onto television doesn't actually indicate that they know anything about the subject matter at hand. And they don't. They write jokes that they hope they'll get to use. At one point, Lindell asks why they hadn't actually watched his videos to see the evidence. Why are they challenging him when they haven't even looked at the evidence? And the guy tries to say that he was too busy with Mayor of Easttown. Which, by the way, is a fine show. But it's not a good excuse for not paying any attention to the evidence of election fraud, which is what this Daily Show correspondent just admitted. He has no idea, and neither does his sidekick, who's like shouting questions from off camera. Neither of them have any clue about the overwhelming evidence of election fraud, and they are still making the same stupid arguments we've been hearing for six months. Their case has not improved at all. And of course, it can't improve because they're trying to prove a falsehood. It is impossible to build more evidence of something that isn't true. And without the joy of daily show editors and sound mixers, you can watch this video and understand how overmatched and unprepared this idiot from the daily show actually is it's embarrassing like this is the sort of thing that if it goes wide enough could really kill the daily show once and for all and i hope it does by the way as you'll know from my conversation yesterday about john stewart and it's worth mentioning 
that out of nowhere, we have seen two Daily Show stories in two days. Jon Stewart came on Colbert between when this interview was recorded and today, the day that the Daily Show interview is going to come out on The Daily Show. It's possible that they realized that that interview was a disaster. And so they bring Jon Stewart on to have some other Daily Show distraction, make Jon Stewart the story. And everybody loves Jon Stewart, which will make everybody remember how much they loved The Daily Show. And then it won't matter to them that The Daily Show is actually an absurd farce run by idiots who employ idiots to go on camera in an attempt to make good people look like idiots. And they failed. They failed. That part is just so delicious because they hate Lindell. They love to make fun of Lindell. Lindell is absolute kryptonite to these people because they can't stand him. They can't stand how he talks. They think that his backstory, rather than being inspiring, is a thing they can mock him for. As if any of them have inspiring backstories. Yeah, you know, I went to Bard College, and then I had an internship with The Daily Show, and now I'm a correspondent on The Daily Show. Just imagine how your life could be if you modeled it after my inspirational story of growing up in a fairly wealthy family and then getting in to an above-average college with totally average grades. And then I get out, and someone introduces me to a producer at The Daily Show, and I was able to land an internship, and now I'm on camera. I did it all myself by being just average. That's how good my force of character is, my Undeniable mediocrity can advance me so far in life, which means that I must be very good. Respect me. That's really what we're dealing with. And so that very person thinks that Mike Lindell is so stupid and so ignorant and such a clown that you can go into an interview totally unprepared, ready to drop a few paw pop culture references make fun of his prior addiction and then make fun of his product that people actually love and you come out looking like the winner no that's not what happened and so i'm really interested in how the daily show would have allowed this and how incompetent it is that they did, right? So their whole thing is doing these interviews and then editing them in a way that makes it seem like they are the good ones. But they also let someone from Lindell's team film the entire exchange with their phone. The level to which they have underestimated their opponent 
is incredible. And people have really got to focus on this. Like when you push these videos out there and you should push them out there. All right. Send it to people who are fans of The Daily Show. If someone posts about Lindell on The Daily Show and they're trying to make fun of Lindell, you send them the raw copy of the video and say, hey, you know, if you think that's bad, you should watch the whole thing. Just trick a commie. They're not very bright. They'll be like, oh, yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, he's probably even stupider in the raw thing. The producers of The Daily Show are so incompetent that they allowed that interview to be recorded, thinking that nothing could possibly happen that would harm them or harm their show's reputation or allow people to see behind the curtain for the first time into how dumb and ignorant and malicious The Daily Show actually is. But here we have it. We have 100% proof of all of that. So what do the producers do? I mean, naturally, they're going to edit the show and try to make it look like they won the exchange, but they didn't. And the way to make sure that no one believes they did is to share the information as fast and as wide as possible. You know, I've talked about the information stream a million times. I don't mean to talk about it that often, but every now and then it's important to remember exactly how the information war is won, right? You destroy every single false commie narrative and you do it as quickly and effectively as possible. You share the information that you like all the time. Okay. It doesn't matter how big your following is. If it's 20 people, great. One of those people might have a hundred people. And one of those people might have a thousand people. And one of those people might have 15,000 people. Okay. You have to be what Steve Bannon calls a force multiplier. All right. You have a weapon here with this clip. This clip is enough to show normies and commies, which are the same, exactly how corrupt and ridiculous The Daily Show is. And within that, Mike Lindell actually says a bunch of things that these people need to hear. And maybe they'll go ahead and ask you. And maybe then you get to say, you know what? Why don't you give one of Lindell's videos a try and see what evidence he actually has? That's how this process works, right? We got to take people one at a time and break them out of the commie narrative. It is all disinformation. It is perpetual disinformation for decades. Okay. People aren't just going to snap out of it when you present them with an article. We need to expose not just the factual nature of the story, but the dishonest nature of the places they get their information. And one of those that needs to go down hard and fast is the daily show. So you spread the information out there, right? If I do a great podcast episode and you think something I said is going to convince one of your friends, share it with them. Okay. If you think I'm putting out good content, you share the content. It's not just for you. I mean, it can be, but why? We are all fighting this information war against these communists. 
who have their hands on every lever of power. They control the culture, the popular culture. We are up against an unimaginable force and we are still winning simply by having the truth. So you spread the truth. And I know not everyone has it in them or has the time to do this all day, every day like I do. And that's fine. But the more people who are doing this and the more they are doing it, the faster all of this goes. You know, right now, there is one of the most important news stories of, I don't know, maybe a generation once we see the effect it has. But this story in Revolver right now, Revolver.news, about the Capitol event on January 6th, the very deadly insurrection, that needs to get out there to everyone, all right? This thing has got to be read and understood by anyone who wants to see America continue, okay? The story is about how the FBI and other, let's say, law enforcement or intelligence agencies within our government have confidential informants and operatives infiltrating all of these extremist groups around the country. Except the thing is, it turns out that these people with government contacts who are doing the government's bidding are the ones responsible for setting up these events. And they parallel the fake kidnapping of Gretchen Whitmer last fall with the fake insurrection at the Capitol. Both of these events were spurred on by people working for our federal government. Okay, so not only did these agencies know what was supposed to happen on January 6th, or maybe I should say what could happen on January 6th. They were responsible for what happened on January 6th, and they were responsible for the fake kidnapping of Gretchen Whitmer. And you can see it in the government's own documents because they have unindicted co-conspirators who are as guilty or more guilty of the crimes they are now holding American citizens in the bowels of D.C. jails, putting them in solitary confinement, torturing them. There are human rights abuses going on in America right now. And the people being abused are people who went to the Capitol on January 6th. Many of them acted as they did because they were prodded on by agents of our own federal government. At what point do people say, okay, yeah, this is a massive threat to human liberty. These threats, these extremist threats, all of this is just being created by the same agencies who are trying to have laws passed to expand their own power. Now, if you want to know more about this, obviously read the Revolver article. Tucker Carlson did a long thing on this. 
last night, it's up in the info stream, t.me slash I'm your moderator. I put up screenshots from the Revolver article. If you want to try to get the fast version, put that up yesterday, Tuesday, June 15th on the info stream. And then the editor of Revolver News, Darren Beatty, was on Tucker. He was on War Room this morning. You can find all sorts of interviews with him, and many of them are in the info stream as well. This is the sort of information you must know and that you must share. That is the entire point. This is how we win. And the Revolver piece is already having a fantastic impact. Today, Congressman Matt Gates sent a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray, who has been very cagey in answering questions about the 6th, unless they're like, hey, is white supremacy the biggest threat? Yeah, yeah, white supremacy is the biggest threat. He's very forthcoming about that. He's also, about anything else, very quick to say, yeah, you know, I really can't discuss an ongoing investigation. Yeah, you can't discuss the ongoing investigation because it makes it obvious that the FBI is actually the problem here and that the FBI needs to be abolished as fast as possible. The FBI exists to take down American citizens and American politicians whenever those in actual power need them to. And the FBI has been corrupt forever, which isn't to malign all of the people in the FBI. There are certainly good Americans in the FBI trying to do their best against what seems like maybe insurmountable odds, considering how corrupt the organization is. But it's not about them. It's about the organization. The organization is corrupt. The organization is a threat to liberty. And to the extent that it's run by people who are happy to promote the, glo- the global communist agenda, which is exactly what we see happening. The corruption in the organization is a legitimate existential threat to the country as we know it. So here's the letter from Gates. Director Ray, as the events of January 6, 2021 come to clearer relief, many questions remain unanswered. On June 8, 2021, the Senate Homeland Security Committee and the Senate Rules Committee jointly produced a 95-page report finding problems ranging from federal intelligence agencies failing to warn of a potential for violence to a lack of planning and preparation by U.S. Capitol Police and law enforcement leadership. I am seeking your answers to clarify the following questions. One, in the year leading up to the events on 1-6 and during 1-6 itself, To what extent were the three primary militia groups, the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, and the Three Percenters, infiltrated by agencies of the federal government, including the FBI, or informants of said agencies? Two, exactly how many federal undercover agents or confidential informants were present at the Capitol or in the Capitol during the siege, and what roles did they play, merely passive informants or active instigators? Three, Of all the unindicted co-conspirators referenced in the charging documents of those indicted for crimes on 1-6, how many worked as a confidential informant or as an undercover operative for the federal government, FBI, Army Counterintelligence, etc.? I expect an answer from your office by August 1st, 2021. Thank you. Well, I wish you would have sped up that timeline on the answer. But 
good for Matt Gates, And hopefully a whole lot more congressmen will sign on to that letter because this actually is really important. And what we're going to see from the FBI and Director Ray, of course, is delay after delay after delay. And then we'll have some product put out by them that disseminates responsibility for the incident across too many people to ever bother pursuing and then obfuscates what actually happened. This is the pattern. This is what they do. Maybe not this time, let's hope, but that's what we should expect. But the clear picture emerging now is that these events and these extremist threats we hear about constantly are wholly concocted by the federal government to achieve political aims. Enrique Tarrio, the leader of the Proud Boys, all in quotes, is an FBI informant. That's public information. That's not even new. And what we have on January 6th is these three quote-unquote militia groups who most normal MAGA people have never even heard of, much less want anything to do with. And they come in with these violent plans that were discovered by our intelligence agencies after stripping everyone of their rights that were drummed up and instigated and urged on by the same agencies that are telling us that white supremacist extremism is the biggest threat in the country. Now, to the extent that Joe Biden's policies are extremist, and that Joe Biden is undoubtedly a white supremacist, perhaps the biggest threat to the country is indeed white supremacist extremism. But if you're not interpreting it that way, then certainly the biggest threat to the country is having a totally illegitimate president. But they're going ahead and taking this extremist movement that in large part they have created And they're using that to smear every Trump supporter around the country. Meanwhile, we know for a fact that Antifa was involved that day in the more violent parts of the event and in the more destructive parts of the event. Antifa are the ones who were breaking down windows and climbing into the building. And you can see it on video. You can see them dropping the American flag on the ground. Is that what Trump supporters do? No, it isn't. And we know John Sullivan's story. We know John Sullivan got paid for his footage and has now had that money seized. We know John Sullivan faces charges. We know John Sullivan was organizing that day and brought in about 250 people who were bust in. I wonder who paid for that. I wonder if it was George Soros. Ooh, Could he have done it through Black Lives Matter? But what we have with the very violent insurrection is violence from Antifa and violence from select groups that are wholly unrepresentative of the people that actually went to Washington, D.C. that day, spurred on by the federal government, by agencies of the federal government, I should say, by agencies of the deep state, and corrupt actors within it. 
That's where the violence came from. And nonetheless, it's getting blamed on everyone else. And one six is being used as the reason that no one can discuss election fraud. And those little commies from the Daily Show tried to put that on Lindell, too. I think it was in the part of the clip that I played. Where Lindell says, I wasn't even there on one six. And the Daily Show commie says back to him, oh, yeah, you were planning for the next one in August. What? Right? Mike Lindell challenging the election is what caused one six. So Mike Lindell continuing to challenge the election is now going to cause a very violent insurrection in August. It almost sounds like the commies are planning one, doesn't it? And so our mission now is to make sure that people know what one six was before the commies can stage another event just like it to strip away more of people's rights. And if you don't think you're going to see a similar false flag event, once the actual evidence of election fraud from the Maricopa audit and other audits starts coming out, I would think you're being naive. And by the way, I just want to say this for people who are kind of newer to this school of thought. Like I was always under the impression that a false flag meant the event didn't happen. Okay. That's not what it means. A false flag is an event that is manipulated to create a false narrative. It is a distraction. It is a misdirection. So one six being a false flag does not require the belief that one six didn't happen. Everybody knows it happened. It's a matter of understanding exactly what did happen. Taking a look at as much of the video as you can see and trying to determine who actually was responsible and what actually happened that day. And what you'll find is that the narrative people are told isn't true at all. That's the point. That's what makes it a false flag. Like, remember the grocery store shooting in Colorado back during that month of shootings where, when they were trying to get gun restrictions passed? Remember that whole thing? How all of a sudden there were all these big mass shootings and we were supposed to believe that they were all about anti-Asian hate? When none of them were. Remember how that story went so big for exactly one day and then we never heard about it again. That's because the facts of the story didn't line up with the narrative they were trying to push. But initially it was used as a false flag. The narrative gets seeded in all the little child sized commie brains and then they believe fully in an event that simply didn't happen at all the way they think it did. So ask the commies in your life. Hopefully all of them are redeemable. Hey, does it change your view of January 6th to learn that our own federal government's agencies were actually the cause of the violence does that change your view at all? Does it change your view about the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and 
I don't remember what the other one is, three percenters, that our federal government has agents and informants in all of these groups, and those people are actually the ones leading these groups to violence? Do you find it odd that you know anything about these groups, even though they only pop up now and then for particular events? Doesn't that seem weird? Where are all these militia groups just out on the streets creating havoc? Why wouldn't they be doing the same things that Black Lives Matter Antifa are doing? That sure is strange, isn't it? Ooh, Donald Trump told the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by. (laughs) I'm so scared. Hey, Kami, have you ever seen a Proud Boy anywhere? Do you know anyone who knows anyone who knows anyone who knows a Proud Boy? Hey, Kami, which organization do you think has more adherence, Black Lives Matter or the KKK? Which one has more members, Antifa or the Klan? I would venture a guess that we have more self-identifying communists in our federal government than we have members of the Proud Boys, Three Percenters, and, man, I only ever get like two or three. Oh, Oath Keepers combined. I bet we have more communists in government then you have members of all those three very dangerous militias. Now, before I get to the last thing I want to talk about, I just want to briefly mention, because someone in the podcast chat on Telegram asked me to, and because I think it's a good thing, there is a new channel on Telegram, uh, VA Audit Chat. It's the Virginia sister group to the Arizona Audit Chat. So the... Wheels are in motion in Virginia. If you want to stay up to date with that stuff, follow that Telegram channel, put your effort into it, share it with people. The more states that call for forensic audits, the better off we are. They need to eventually happen in all 50, but let's put some effort behind Virginia and get that happening. Now, the last thing I want to talk about, uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott put out a tweet yesterday about what he's doing to protect America. I think that this is actually an amazing way to go about it. He wrote, I just signed a resolution asserting Texas sovereignty under the 10th Amendment over all powers not granted to the federal government by the U.S. Constitution. And that is directly in line with the Constitution. This is how it's supposed to go. All the powers that the federal government does not have explicitly are reserved for the states. And Abbott is asserting that, which is excellent. The resolution officially notifies the president and Congress to cease acts of encroaching upon the powers of states. Thank you, Governor Abbott. That's excellent. And it made me think of that interview that Barack Obama did a week or so ago where he was talking about There needing to be these, I don't know, governmental firewalls to prevent people like Trump from ever getting elected in the first place and then from preventing them to actually use presidential power to do what they want to do, to do what they were, in fact, elected to do. Donald Trump was elected. 
in a free and fair election, he had every right to use presidential authority to accomplish his goals and the goals of the people who put him in office. But Barack Obama doesn't like that. He wanted to see the government stop Trump at every turn. And fortunately, the federal government was not able to do that because Donald Trump was following the Constitution. So Joe Biden comes in pretending he has this massive mandate that no one actually believes in. No one believes that Joe Biden has a mandate to go in and do all the things the communists want. Because, of course, nobody believes that Joe Biden actually had this massive sweeping victory. Apart from what they might claim about how Joe Biden actually did win the election. No one goes so far as to say this is what the American people voted for. They never used that line because the American people didn't vote for it. And the fact that they never used that line should be some degree of proof that the American people didn't actually vote for it. But that's not the only place that Biden is getting stopped, right? We have states around the country taking some measures, however slight, to ensure the security and integrity of their elections and their voting process. We have states standing up and outlawing mask mandates and vaccine mandates and vaccine IDs. All these things the Biden administration wants are being shut down preemptively by the states. This is actually what it looks like for there to be checks and balances on the administration's power. Those checks and balances exist within the Constitution. They don't have to go out and try to seize undue power to be able to stop this administration because what this administration is doing is unconstitutional. And of course, in the backdrop of all that, is that they don't have legitimate power to be doing any of it in the first place. And so yesterday we also heard about a federal court turning over Joe Biden's pause on drilling. And so I wanted to point that out and a couple other instances where the federal court system is actually shutting down this administration and some of their biggest most destructive policies. So this is from CNN yesterday. Uh, federal court temporarily blocks Biden administration's oil and gas lease pause. A federal court blocked for now the Biden administration's pause on oil and gas leasing. The preliminary injunction issued Tuesday comes as a blow to one of the administration's key actions to address climate change. The court sided with more than a dozen states that sued after President Joe Biden directed the administration not to issue new leases for oil and gas drilling in offshore waters and on public lands while officials conduct an environmental and financial review of leasing practices. The decision by the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Louisiana is a temporary order while the lawsuit is ongoing. Biden likely exceeded his authority by ordering the pause, the court determined, and the administration may be required to follow a schedule of lease sales set by the Obama administration. The states argued that they would lose out on payments such as royalties if the sales are not held. The Interior Department, usually known as the Department of the Interior, which handles such leases, said in a statement to CNN that it, it will comply with the order. So that's one. But there are more. 
The federal court blocked a few weeks ago the Biden plan to give COVID relief to businesses based on whether they were owned by women or minorities. They intentionally and specifically excluded businesses owned by white men from receiving COVID relief. And that's obviously discriminatory. It's obviously racist. The idea that it's not racist because it's against white men is preposterous. It requires a complete rewriting of the definition of racism and the definition of discrimination. It is definitionally discrimination based on race and sex to exclude white men from receiving help for their business while giving it to women and minorities. That is just 100% racial discrimination and sexist discrimination. There's no other way to describe it. It doesn't matter if it's woke, commie. No one cares. The law does not care. The law is not supposed to care. Equality under the law is the foundation of society. It's not equity under the law. It's not guaranteeing that everyone has the same outcomes. It's equality under the law. The law is blind to race and sex. That is how it's supposed to be. But here's a headline from Forbes almost a month ago. May 17th, Supreme Court blocks police from entering homes without a warrant for caretaking, siding against Biden and law enforcement. The Supreme Court ruled unanimously Monday that law enforcement cannot legally enter homes without a warrant, even in cases where doing so may benefit the public interest, striking down the suggestion from law enforcement and the Biden administration that doing so under a, quote, community caretaking exception would be justified. And thank goodness the court is doing that. Again, you can see right in this paragraph written by someone who is almost definitely a communist. How dangerous these sorts of things can be. Because now all that law enforcement guided by the fake Biden regime would have to do is prove that they were taking care of the community by violating people's civil liberties. It should be disturbing to everyone that they're trying to make the standard for which they can violate your civil liberties simply that they believe it's in the community's best interest for your civil liberties to be violated. And thank goodness the court struck that down. You should take note of the fact that that is what the fake administration wants to do and how dangerous it is that that's what they want to do. Again, this administration is by far the greatest national security threat America has ever faced. An illegitimate administration who is trying at every turn to strip Americans of their constitutional rights and their civil liberties is a threat to everyone and a threat to the world. And we can go back even further. January 26th, Fox News. Federal judge blocks Biden's 100-day moratorium on deportations. 
A federal judge on Tuesday temporarily blocked President Biden's attempt to put a moratorium on deportations for 100 days. After Texas sued over the policy, the judge blocked Biden via a temporary restraining order from moving forward for 14 days. Texas's lawsuit claims the administration would be violating an agreement it has with the Department of Homeland Security and would require at least 180 days notice as well as consultation prior to implementing changes in immigration policy. It is unclear whether those terms are enforceable, but similar agreements were struck with several other states under the former administration. And so we can see how important it was that Donald Trump actually filled up the federal court system with conservative constitutional judges. Now, he may not have made all the correct decisions, especially when it comes to the Supreme Court. Although some of that still has yet to play out. But these are constitutional roadblocks to an unconstitutional administration an illegitimate administration. This is the law working. Barack Obama wanted the deep state to stop Trump from doing constitutional things because they didn't benefit Barack Obama and other global communists. The Constitution is now stopping Joe Biden to whatever extent it can. And we should all be very, very happy about that. And just the other day, I forgot to add, a Florida court ruled that mask mandates were unconstitutional. So let's see how far they take that one. It would be amazing for that to go nationwide, for the entire country to realize that all of this is unconstitutional. It's nothing more than an authoritarian power grab. It is threatening to American life and American society at every level. And we're going to see more of this as the fake regime continues to challenge more and more and more of American civil liberties, particularly under the Second Amendment. And it is a brilliant and beautiful thing to watch this communist agenda fall apart before our eyes as more and more and more people realize that Joe Biden didn't get anywhere near 81 million votes. And so I guess it's worth mentioning before wrapping up that Joe Biden met with Vladimir Putin today and the embarrassment on the world stage continues in epic proportions. And it seems like to some degree, even the media is having trouble hiding how incompetent and demented Joe Biden is as he reads off note cards. He had note cards in the sit down with Putin. Putin is six feet away and Joe Biden has his note cards out. That is embarrassing, man. Then Joe Biden lost his cool on a reporter at the end of this ridiculous press conference he tried to give today. There's a there's a few clips of all of this on the info stream, t.me slash I'm your moderator. You can watch this in one of them 30 seconds in as Joe Biden is addressing this reporter and mad at this reporter. Joe Biden starts fiddling with the earpiece in his ear. It really is incredible. 
how obviously incompetent and feckless and corrupt and weak these people are. It is unbelievable. It is an embarrassment on the world stage. And this morning, Jack Posobiec tweeted out about one of the points I've been making for weeks. And I'm not saying he heard my point and is repeating it. But he noted that Vladimir Putin certainly has all of the Burisma emails and he knows everything that happened. So Joe Biden goes into a conversation with him and Vladimir Putin knows exactly the extent to which Joe Biden is compromised by all of America's adversaries throughout the world. I said over and over and over again before the election, people voting for Joe Biden are voting for a walking national security threat. And it has only become more and more obvious since then. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. These people lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parlor at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. 
If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!